0: What does motion sound like? With hands, free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks.
1: Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast on a Saturday evening. Shortly after Real Madrid thump Valencia five-one, it feels good, baby five-one against these guys against what happened last season at the Messiah. We had a live call uh, midweek and someone asked, what are the three teams, Keon, that you would love to see get relegated? And I think the consensus on the call was like Valencia and whatever other two get thrown in there. It's a bonus. Send these guys down. I can't wait to see what Super Deporte cooks up as their headline. What could they possibly cook up to spin this in a negative way? Um, doesn't matter. Who cares? We should be focused on the positive stuff. Vinicius is cooking. Rodrigo is cooking. That was sorely needed. And when these two guys are firing and playing at the level they were today and all week, it's just a game changer. Um, And we can get into all the nitty-gritty of the details of the game. Bottom line is 5-1, fun game, good confidence-boosting game. And joining me tonight, just a few minutes after the final whistle, or so. Siddharth Ram Sundar,
0: what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. I'm happy for Rodrigo. One goal from 4.4 expected goals to start the season. That any player in the history of football, you start 12 games of a season like that, it will make you question yourself. And for the club to back him, for him to come out and score two today, and he also scored midweek, I think it's exactly what we were looking for if we wanted confidence this season. And and
1: not just scoring, but also the body language. Everything looked better. I mean, you talk about his finish last game. It was the, the finish of a confident striker. He chips it over the keeper. Today, some of his touches, you remember like the the one that was complete sorcery where he dribbles through traffic and kind of just lays it off behind his back to Vinny. I don't know how else to describe it. We all know what play I'm talking about. The confidence uh, was there tonight. Um, it's interesting, Sid, you and I were actually speaking off air before the podcast started. We were talking about, like, how much do we read into a game like this? Um, and I, I think we can just start there. Before everything else, before all the breakdowns,
0: like, how much do you want to read into this? Well, that's where it's so interesting to me, because the actual result, the performance uh, for the whole 11, I think, I don't want to read too much. Like, Lunin made two very key saves. There were three chances at 1-0 that could have each made it 1-1. Lunin saved two. I don't remember what happened with the third. Um, Stream was laggy. Point is, there were three of those. Could have been 1-1. So if we want to look at what we can't read into this game, the truth is there are many games where it's 1-1 where we have to fight way harder in the second half. Um, The moments from when it was 1-0 to 3-0 just happened so fast, like between the goal before the halftime and after. Yeah. However, um, on the other hand, I am fully reading into Rodrigo's body language. I think that's what makes this game so interesting, because um, when you reach like when I say any professional, I mean it. I think any professional who started Rodrigo's season the way he did in front of goal while also being so good at other aspects of football. It's so funny. And within all this Rodrigo questioning, he is a ridiculous 10. He could probably play as a high eight or like advanced, like central attacking figure. For almost any team in the world, I think most teams would love him. And it's just that final extra bit of finishing if we're wondering if he has it. And I, that's why I'm reading into this game. Because it's easy to go and score, I think, again, at Real Madrid. But to keep your all-round levels up. To keep playing with that fun style outside the box. To keep expressing yourself and still score. I was skeptical that he would do it. To be honest, it's just very tough on you mentally. A lot of his shots seem to lack power. So to come and do this, I'm... I think I'm a lot more confident in Rodrigo and you know, the team, I think every week we could have the same convo. It's like one of those seasons where it could end on a high or it could end with like us finishing second in multiple competitions. But man, like I I think we will, I think there's truth to Carlos statement now, having seen the game when he said Vinny and Rodrigo will score more than June and Huzulu. He said that recently. And I guess I see why now these people never lost faith in him. Um, and I'm, I'm fully reading into Rodrigo's resurgence. I think he can build on this, and I think he can not have a bad stretch of finishing going forward. So I had said this
1: past week that the difference between this team being a good team that can win La Liga and can win every game, the difference between that and going to the next level with a striker who can put the ball on the back of the net reliably, that's the missing piece, right? That's the piece that takes him to another level. I also think that if Rodrigo and Vinicius score like this, it's also a game changer for the season. We need this consistently. The fact that, you know, Jude Bellingham is out injured and you're scoring four goals with him being able to rest without having the anxiety to score without him uh, was huge for us today. Uh, Now, I, I, but so I think there's, there's a bit of truth in all these things you're saying. I think the fact that like should we read this read too much into this and looking at the numbers, looking at the overall performance. I think actually when you break down this game, I mean the xG is laughable, right? Um for uh, I I don't know if I've ever seen a team win 5-1 and have an xG of 1 while the other team had 2. That in itself was I mean laughable, but the overarching point is that I think Vinicius and Rodrigo actually really carried us tonight. And what I mean by that is that like you brought up those chances that Valencia missed. I think if those two are not at the transcendent level that they were today, the team was going to be in trouble. Defending was not good. I actually think our individual performances on the field were better than the sum of the parts in that we had like really good performances from people like Kamavinga, Vinicius, Rodrigo. I thought Mendy's 1v1 defending today was solid um Carvajal obviously scored a great goal then you look at how easily Valencia were also just able to get in our box in the first half we were giving them a lot of time on the ball we were paying a little bit too deep but not compact enough to prevent their runners between the lines our defending on set pieces and crosses were abysmal I mean a lot of people blaming Alba, but I would say like there was just a lot of confusion all around between him and the surrounding pieces. I mean, you look at the one I think you were trying to think of what was the third chance was actually a, a chance that went wide that Lunen didn't have to save. I think it was Pepelu who heads it wide and <clears throat> Alaba, Kamavinga, Mendy and uh, I, I want to say the fourth player was either Nacho or Cruz. I'm not sure. But they were just kind of looking at each other like, okay, so whose man was that? And so there was confusion. I don't know if you caught this, but at one point in the first half, the commentator said that Real Madrid have not... Real set-piece defending has been very good this season. They're very strong. And I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. I, I'm not sure if I agree with that. And then he put out the stat that Real Madrid haven't conceded a goal from a set-piece this season. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that actually is surprising to hear, but... It, but like when you put it that way but like i just feel like when i'm watching it we're kind of lucky that that set exists because i don't think our set piece defending has been good enough to to not have conceded on set pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean that i didn't quite think that through. I don't I didn't hear the commentator say that, but um our set piece defending has been just as average as a couple seasons ago when we won the Champions League ironically um uh, all of us first season. So yeah, that is a strange stat for sure. And yeah, if if we can like there's many scenarios where it's one one going into halftime and Vinny and Rodrigo save us anyways, I guess that's really what um my main takeaway is. I don't I think um you don't read into those chances and think, okay, like we should have lost two one today. Um that's not how I see the XG. I see it as they created one full expected goal right from one nil before we made it two nil and after that, we pretty much shut them out. It was a brilliant stretch, but um, yeah, the box defending leaves things to question. Without Rudiger, I guess, could you expect it much better? Like this is Nacho and Alaba. They're not. We didn't exactly plan. The club doesn't plan to go after titles with Nacho and Alaba starting. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's it, there are also two solid central defenders that are like any team would be happy to have as part of their depth chart. But yeah, I agree. You you definitely lose some. um aerial presence and look even with Rudiger we we struggle so it's like you know without him it's it's going to be even worse um it is funny to like look at you know before getting ahead of ourselves and looking at how much we destroyed them especially in the second half I mean effectively I thought when Vinicia scored the team's third goal and like that effectively ended Valencia they we're not in it at all after that. I mean seconds later Mamadashvili gives the ball away, Rodrigo scores. It was so quick that we didn't even really celebrate Vinicius's goal. That the game was over at that point. It was laughably easy. We were just kind of walking around. Valencia were dead. Um in the first half, we got to give a hat tip to Andre Lunin who has put yet another good game forward. Um so we got to we got to put that out there for sure. I mean I don't know where you stand on Lunin versus Keppa, but I've just been really impressed with Lunan in the last couple of games that I'm just glad that we have the luxury. I don't know if it's a luxury to have Courtois injured, you know, but you know what I mean. Just the luxury of having Lunin step in when Keppa can't play. He's looked great. I mean, and we haven't really seen enough of Lunin on the field consistently to like see him with a few string of games together. And it's kind of good that we that we get that now.
0: Yeah, he had a couple of those chip passes. He was playing it down the left to about quite a bit. I thought um we saw flashes from Lunin that were very exciting. And I guess with goalies, I'm not as familiar like if Lunin is good enough to be a starting caliber goalie at Real Madrid for five years. I'm not sure if he's of that level, but it is obviously encouraging to see him do well, especially because, um I mean, I understand a lot of the fan base has been loud of wanting to see him over Keppa. So this is a one for them, you'd say?
1: Yeah, um, and just kind of like going back to what Valencia were doing to get in behind our defense. Again, I, I thought we were sitting a little bit too deep. We were kind of defending in this 4-4-2 behind the ball with Vinny and Rodrigo up top, but not really pressing. And Vinny and Rodrigo, and like this is the classic Real Madrid. Like, when this happens, we're neither pressing nor defending compactly. And again, that's a recipe for disaster. So Valencia get in a bunch of times in behind us. We're lucky. Hugo Duro is the one on the end of it. Although like, I don't know, like he's actually done well in front of goal this season. Overall, maybe today at the Burnabout, he just had nerves, but I'm I'm glad he had a terrible game finishing wise, apart from his goal at the end. Um, One of them was right at Lunan. The other, another one where he beats Alaba to the ball at the near post and, and Lunen saves it. And then of course that header, we just spoke about. So, Again, we were just kind of letting them too much time on the ball to pick out those passes while also letting the runners free. And um I think on another day you're maybe just a little bit more unlucky in that situation. But maybe Vinicius and Rodrigo were just so good in this game that it wouldn't have mattered ultimately and we would have won. I'm not sure, but um I think I just I guess we're a little bit lucky in the sense that Hugo Duro was having such a stinker in front of goal.
0: Yeah, it was just, it just happened so fast. Like if, um, if Rodrigo and Vinny don't score in the 42nd and 49th minute, if they're just big chances, do they go and create two more big chances in the next 15 minutes? Quite possibly. I think that was an encouraging front, what sign from this game. They looked quite threatening so consistently. We wrapped it up so fast. You can't help but wonder, even if it's one, one, do they just clean it up? Uh, Um, which is how they should be. That's how it should be against La Liga teams. And I guess that's where the finishing is interesting because if you are just creating two, three really good chances and you're not going at them again and again until you score, like that's going to be good enough in most games, um, like today, but there will be games as we've seen earlier this season when we don't get the job done. Um, again, it's just with, with something like finishing, it's also just tricky. I, um, that's why I, I tend to say that this game boosts my confidence more than anything, because, um, I felt we were also seeing issues with just Rodrigo's decisiveness and his touches in front of the box. Like any good move that actually leads to a goal against other grown men. is great for confidence. Um, I, I'm just really glad because no Jude Bellingham is another, I think the absences we had are what make me confident in this game. I should say like no Jude Bellingham, Arda Gouler hurt again. Um, devastating. Devastating. Right. And then, um, Ceballos out still, um, and then, no Noarilian chuamani No Antonio Rudiger, it could have easily been a game where we don't like score so many goals. Honestly, like five, I guess five one against Valencia with five absences is a big deal, no matter who how you put it. Especially, it, uh, it's
1: it's actually more when you consider Militao and Courtois. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So- I'm curious to get your thoughts on Brahim today because I I, I want to know specifically like what was his role in your eyes. So he had 50 touches in 70 minutes. Most of his touches are deep on the left side towards the halfway line. Um, he didn't have as much of an attacking role as he did last game against Braga. He kind of left mostly attacking duties in transition to Vinicius and Rodrigo a couple of times he did venture in the box one of them and he did have a couple good ball carry sequences and one of them is the shoulder check I think from Thierry who had a nightmare game he just got barbecued by Vinicius um what was your assessment on his role and how different was it from like Jude's regular role when he plays there
0: yeah that's a good question um because i mean i you know i see brandy name on the sheet i expect immediately like this advanced attacking 10 who plays more on the right Uh, I was pretty surprised seeing him on the left um well first i should say now well now that you bring it up i'm realizing it was meant to mimic jude's role in many ways like ball carrying and defense um not really like obviously expect him to score but it seems like they wanted to mimic jude's role defensively first which is Mm -hmm. why he was there um And it seems like everything on offense was then therefore granted as a bonus of his output. But I don't think the expectation was too high just from what we saw. I'm surprised that they did that. Like I I normally would expect Brahim to play and the team to be more catered around him. And I guess I'm encouraged in that regard, too, because looking at the lineup, I expected Brahim to have a really good game. And I didn't know how Brahim and Rodrigo dynamic would work. So to see that Brahim can step back into less of a dominant role, but still be functional while Rodrigo plays that way, I think that's encouraging. It wasn't like the best game for Brahim individually, but it showed that we could slot him in as a cog in the system, which was cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was bad or anything. He just wasn't nearly as active as he was against Braga or Las Palmas. And I think a lot of those sequences, um, Vinicius and Rodrigo just got up the field so quickly that all they needed was each other, really. And Brahim just kind of hang back. And if there, maybe if the ball had to fall in at the top of the box or just outside of, he would have pounced. But Vinny and Rodrigo were so clinical that it wasn't really necessary for Brahim to join the party that much in the attacking third. Uh, but he was fine. So, uh, we didn't talk about one of the earliest. <laughs> things that happened in the game, which was in the third minute, Danny Carvajal turned into Gareth Bale for a second. Great diagonal long ball from Tony Cruz. Carvajal, nice first touch, brings it down and just volleys it with his left foot. Do you have any further insight on that or Carvajal in general?
0: (laughs) None. I mean, damn, if he's doing that. like, I mean, you only score those goals if you're really confident, so that just felt like more of the gluten-free confidence we've seen from him all season, just whatever the rejuvenated mental state he's in. I have no insight. Just like, damn, that's what like we sign players to do. Like that's that's a Real Madrid goal. <laughs> like a right back scoring a left footed banger. <laughs> He's been unreal this season.
1: Like, uh, man, I've been so wrong about him. I didn't think he had it in him. I'm just so so happy and pleasantly surprised that we're getting this version of Carvajal. Did have a couple of moments defensively. One was that him and Nacho got split on that Hugo Duro breakaway, which Lunin saved. Um. And Nacho didn't have his best game defensively either. Kind of fell asleep on Hugo Duro's goal at the end. What is your... <laughs> i got to ask you. You're you're into this stuff. What's your assessment of gluten? Good? Oh, bad? Depends
0: on the person? I haven't said anything because, yeah, it all depends on the person. So, like, is there a type of individual who could cut out gluten and, like, go from what Carvajal was last season to this? Yes. There's no doubt Um Yeah, because gut issues are more prevalent nowadays than ever. It's not the gluten, but just the fact that gut dysbiosis, gut dysregulation is very common. IBD, IBS, celiac disease. And not everyone is going to have gluten be the solution. But I can tell you that a lot of people will be much better off cutting it out. And to the point where, yes, you're wondering like what's like people with gut issues, there's just two people. There's the version with the dysregulation and there's the version once you remove it. It's like two different people. So the improvement is doesn't surprise me. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing something other than just cutting out gluten. And, um, yeah, man, it's it, in the modern world, it's because of the way gluten's processed, the type of gluten we see, the amount of pesticides that goes into all of it. And it's that combined with like eventually you get to a point like Carvajal where your body actually is just so intolerant to it. You're not yourself while you're consuming it, which is where I assume Carvajal was last season, where like his body was probably just rejecting a lot of the food he was eating, which explains a lot of his performances where he like shows up, looks normal body language wise, but just can't hang with anyone. So uh, I've seen people who have been completely depressed, like change their diet, not gluten, but make the tweak that fixes their gut microbiome and they literally transform. So this is possible, folks. And, um, uh, for <laughs> whether it's gluten, it varies, but this, this is, and I'd say this is very prevalent. Like today, 2023, these types of situations are more common. And, um, you, you just don't realize like that you're intolerant to a food. Like it, it may not even affect your digestion in a way you can tell. Like you'll have bowel movements. You'll go, go to work. You'll think you're normal, but deep down there's a huge energy deficit. So yeah, man, it's, it's weird. <laughs>
1: a lot of people listening to this are now going to just cut out gluten and they're going to be really disappointed. They're not, they're not scoring left footed volleys from outside the box. It, it, it was a, it was a oversold dream. Please consult the doctor. So Sid isn't in trouble legally. Yeah. yeah um, I, I, that was
0: legal advice. No medical advice, just some random anecdotes guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, that happens early on. It's a fantastic goal. And it sets the tone in some ways. What else did you see from the first half? I mean, I you know, I mentioned in passing, but Vinicius just destroyed Thierry. I mean, there were so many sequences where he was just getting behind him over and over again. Um, one of them was particularly insane, the sixteenth minute where he beats him on the byline, cuts inside, and then the shot is deflected, why gets the corner? The burnabout loves that. They're they're applauding. Um, Vinicius also did some good defensive work. I highlighted, I highlighted some of that on Twitter before the game. I posted a video of some of the defensive work I enjoyed from him in the Braga game. Maybe it was a Rio game. I can't remember one of those. Uh, I put that on Twitter, and I was just talking about it. So it was just kind of nice to see like him working hard defensively again today too. And Rodrigo was just again transcendent. I, I don't know what else to say about him other than that. this is like the Rodrigo we remember.
0: Did you have any other um, notes on the attack? Um, not too many. Kevin is always like, sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he looks a little uncomfortable. I think, um, that was apparent to me in the first half. Um, that was one, one thing I had to add. Um, Carvajal, like other than the goal in general, he's, he's just enjoying staying up and sprinting high and wide in possession. Always fun to see. Um, not too many other notes on the first half. Like, I guess when, when you're in that tricky game state, I'm paying attention to both ends. So yeah, we did have some promising things on one end and we didn't defend perfectly on the other. Um, I guess, yeah, I was just expecting a little more of a dogfight. So for the game to be over so quickly was shocking. What do you, what else do you think about the first half? Um, it's, you're absorbing your opponent's best punch in that moment. Once you go up one nil, like it's not even going to be as hard necessarily for the rest of the game. So. However, those are the moments where I would like us to look a little more in control. Like usually, like the way we when we play well, it's in situations like these where we kind of use the opponent attacking us against them, try and isolate Vinicius, go long. Um, Not as much control as I would like. Honestly, is the only thing I would add. Well,
1: going back to Kamavinga for a second. Well, I mean, it's really interesting, and I don't, I'm don't I sure people have caught on to this, but what has happened when many has been out, when Kamavinga and Cruz play together in midfield, essentially what happens is that on defense, Kamavinga is the anchor. And when Real Madrid have the ball, they switch. Cruz plays the a deep-line quarterback. Kamavinga goes ahead a little bit. And Kamavinga found himself, like, right at the top of Valencia's box a lot, like in an offensive position. And I think just, like, watching him on a few sequences... When weander are just slowly building up, the way he just is always so so mobile off the ball, he's constantly just kind of drifting in and out between the lines. That to me is still one of his most like underrated aspects, is because it's one of the most unnoticed things he does that is so valuable to the team's ball progression. Is that he's just drifting in and out of different channels between the lines constantly, like without without stopping. He's never he's never stopped moving the whole time. He's just constantly whizzing around between the lines. Um, just to provide the team with different outlets, different looks, and that's he does that from left back, from DM, from CM, wherever he is on the field, he does that, and it's extremely valuable. So I, I kind of that the dynamic between him and Cruz is interesting. Uh, and again, some of his ball carrying today was amazing, and uh, I liked him overall. Uh, I thought he, I thought it was really good today. Um, what about Fedde?
0: Did you have any notes on Fedde? Uh, I mean Fede is just more of the same like the games he doesn't contribute a goal like today I just find everywhere else he's so good just in the middle third driving the ball he's um I think he's still our most consistent player arguably all season yeah. just in terms of what he brings to the table I, I feel like it almost goes unnoticed I don't I don't let it go unnoticed I notice it but um in general like he's doing all the stuff that you could say Modric did a couple of years ago when he was like more physically robust or whenever he's really having a good game where he ties things together. He keeps the ball going up. And he also is just a really good defender and free safety if Carvajal ever gets caught out. Like he's so good just at every facet of the game. Um, I'd say he's just in generational CM territory. It's weird because he he's generational, whether he's attacking the box and scoring. But if he's not, he's like the best at everything else is the best way to describe it. Um, And it's it's just not something anyone else could play and do if they were in his position. If you put two of any there, doesn't have the en- engine to just move around the way Fede does. Camavinga is left-footed. So I guess like he has a lot of the same qualities that he brings from the left side. Um, But Fede is also just more mature, like where Camavinga will offer options Fede is the option now. He is the option you give it to who drives the ball. It's like, he's reached a new level of comfort where you can just give him the ball and say, Fede, like, find us the safest option. And it's not him just being conservative and doing a horizontal pass as you could accuse him of maybe in previous seasons. It's now Fede picks it up, drives it 10 yards. He's, his 10-yard burst, like, we you talk about is carrying, Fede routinely just drives it past whoever is, like, trying to guard him, like, their little shit, like, he yeah. doesn't even... Um, yeah. so Fede for me is like that actually in that hyper comfortable area that I want to see Camavinga reach eventually. And I'm, you might be nitpicking with Camavinga here. Like he's an amazing player, but Fede is like fully bought his role as like the, a key player in this midfield. I would say like, we're screwed if we can't play him at this point, if Fede wasn't here, we probably drop points at this point. Fede has
1: been unbelievable. Um, again, like I don't, I'm writing, uh. A... An article. It's kind of like the five pillars of Ramja's season so far. Bellingham's obviously the clear number one. Fede is absolutely one of the pillars. Like he has been incredible. Like today, like, you know, whatever. He actually was like probably maybe our quietest midfielder today, but overall he's been unbelievable. Um Ancelotti did I mean, we're recording this during Ancelotti's press conference, which Sam Leverage is at right now when he's writing about the quotes on the website, but he did, I mean, nothing was really that interesting, but he did say something with regards to our conversation about, um, uh, Brahim's role. Um, and he said, Vinicius told me that he wanted to play in a more attacking role. And so I told Brahim not to go too crazy. Uh, basically. Um, so I guess that explains it. Yeah. Um,
0: that's interesting because i was gonna say like jude in the same role is a little more aggressive offensively is just the only thought i had felt like brahim was very attractive to the ball in the first and second phase but not in the final third as we said um yeah jude usually like once we have the ball he's i guess there are moments when you find him in the brahim zones but there are about 50 percent of those moments when brahim stayed deeper jude is just sprinting up usually um And, yeah, I wonder if this plays a role with Jude's positioning when he comes back, actually, is what I'm wondering. Because um, I don't read too much into the idea that Jude has affected Vinny and Rodrigo's output. But, you know, you you see a game like this, you wonder if maybe Jude needs to be a little deeper for Vinicius to be free up front. Who knows? I don't know what the...
1: the way I, I mean, obviously I'm not at the press conference. The way I like, more we'll read it. I don't know if it got lost in translation, but the way I understand it is like more like we can't commit too many bodies forward. So Brahim hedge back. It's not about like, it, I think if like if Jude is flying in, I think that helps Vinny because it's an, it drags defenders away for him. It creates more space for him. I also think Jude is just a unicorn in the sense that he can do that. And also play defense, like five seconds later, deep. Like he can, he has the lungs and the athletic ability. I like I noticed that about Kamavinga today too, where he's he's in these attacking positions, and then all of a sudden he's like one of the deepest players, winning the ball and then carrying it back, like as if like nothing happened and no energy was expended. It's incredible. This goes like you and I have been talking about this for ages, like this new era of football where all these midfielders can do everything and they're kind of like cyborgs in that sense and they don't tire they have the athletic ability um the legs to to do all this work that is being asked of them (laughs) um honestly i'll be really honest with you said second half i just don't even know what to analyze because what is there to analyze the game was over it was a a scrimmage at that point but i don't know if you have different thoughts
0: that's why for me it's such a tricky game like i think for me, these match day podcasts are more fun to analyze, like, okay, like, which games are you getting the signal that you meaningfully look back on later in the season and say, okay, that game, I noticed something changed. Which games is it just, like, as Ryan O'Hanlon would say, are you just rolling the dice and finding out what happens out of random? Um, and that's why Rodrigo's goals were so big. Um, it's just very exciting. Two goals, two assists, just a lot for him. Um I don't know how many XG he had, but just after one from 4.4, as we said, that is just so important for him. Like, like we could have had the same second half, and if Vinicius and Fede scored the goals, it wouldn't have been as satisfying. Like, I mean it when I say Rodrigo scoring two is actually very... If Vinny scored two and Rodrigo won, honestly, it wouldn't be as satisfying. I don't know how else to put it. It's um, that one dude getting on the score sheet. Because as you said, if he doesn't get on the score sheet, we're probably not winning any titles this season. And that's where that's all I have to analyze for the second half other than um Valencia also falling apart so quickly was nice like something it's such a rare La Liga game because we're so used to these La Liga teams coming in with the latest in tactics coming in with the latest 5-4-1 mid-block the latest special hybrid zone where they're marking our wingers marking our fullbacks ensuring we have no space in front of goal so and it's been like tough for Barcelona too. As we've seen in recent weeks, they haven't had the easiest wins to start the season. And with all this being with honestly, I'd say La Liga feels like it's taken an overall step up tactically, even compared to previous years. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into Barcelona's difficult start and Girona and Atleti playing well. But I feel like the top half of the table, top 12, 15 teams usually have something interesting to work with. Um, and that's why like, I would need to see another five one to believe that we're gonna keep doing this consistently. Um, but I take the five one. You know, you never to say no to it.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, the the five one. I don't know how replicable it is. Um, I also don't know. Like the, the last game, we scored three goals too. So the scoring right now is good. Uh, obviously, game state matters. How your def- the, your opponent plays matters. Rio was very deep. Valencia defense was terrible. Braga's defense was terrible. So, like, you factor those things in. But I got to admit, I did, I have to confess, I I did celebrate probably a little bit harder today because the goals came from Vinicius and Rodrigo. And we just really need them to be at, like, 200% confidence. Especially Rodrigo really needed this. So, I, as much as, like, I look at the 5-1 win and I'll be happy with that, I'm more happy that, as you said, Rodrigo, got two goals in this game, two assists. Who scored, gave him a 10, perfect 10 rating. I'm not sure if I see that too often, if ever. But uh, to answer your question, so the each chance, so Rodrigo's goal, uh, 0.4 on one of them, 0.33 3 on the other. Vinicius is... Um, First goal, our second goal in the, in the second half was 0.05. This is this is the crazy thing. Like Hugo Duro alone could have had four goals tonight. He had three big chances in the box, 0.4, 0.62, and 0.51. And the one he scored was 0.2. So, yeah, again, like I don't like to play negative Nancy in any of these scenarios because I'm just really happy. But uh, another another team might punish you for these for these defensive sequences that need to improve. Uh, Do we miss anything?
0: Uh, No, not too much. I guess mainly Barcelona play amidst one of their worst stretches of form tomorrow, but they only play Alaves. So unlikely that we wake up to good news of them dropping points, but it's possible. I'm not counting on it. Um, I mean, I guess another good news is like missing five players. We've also not, we've also finished playing Girona, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona in -hmm. the league table. And right now we are two points behind Girona and we've already beat them head to head. That's pretty good because Barcelona, they can be two points behind us. Atleti have now two games in hand. Well, the good news is basically between now and match day 19, six match days, all those teams have to play each other twice, which is like a lot for mm. six games. And we've, we have a good chance if we can keep doing well head-to-head. Obviously, we can't lose to Atleti again, but um, this might be one of those years where the head-to-head performances against Girona, against Barcelona matter a lot. And I guess I will go back to what Carlos said a couple of weeks ago that, or last week when we dropped points, he said it's better to beat Barcelona than Deportivo. I actually agree. Most seasons, you're better off beating Deportivo and showing that you can pick up three points every week because you only play Barcelona twice. But now when there's a big four, the equation changes a little bit. You need to win the head-to-head ties or you risk playing a great season, but not finishing first. Like um Real Madrid in 13-14, we lost both head-to-heads against Barcelona, but played a better season against everyone else. Even 2009-10, I, I believe under Pellegrini, we lost the head-to-heads, but we actually played better against the rest of the league. So... It's um just an interesting dynamic to be aware of,
1: yeah, all great points. The strength of our schedule compared to that of our opponents. Uh, a couple other things, just like, I thought the the third goal, it was um a great concoction of Paulista giving the ball away, Vinicius scoring, and then Vinicius dancing against Valencia, because Paulista was remember the red card challenge last season at the burnabout. Uh, the fact that he gave it a ball, he gave the ball away. Vinicius scored his second goal and then he did a dance was, was just chef's kiss. Um, there was a period in the second half when Lucas Vasquez came on, and I didn't really clue in until like maybe a minute into after he came on that Carvajal is still on the field. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is Lucas Vasquez's real position, a right winger. We forgot about that. We haven't seen him there in like 25 years, but. That's what that's his position. Um just struck me. Like, wow, I don't even remember the last time he actually played right wing. Today was like the first time that I can remember in a long time. I did have a question for you. Uh what do you think about like who should take our direct free kicks? Cruz hits the crossbar today, Rodrigo has one that went wide. I just don't really feel that confident when we have a direct free kick. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it.
0: Alaba is one of the good ones, honestly. Like I've always, I've never not been confident when I've seen Alaba stand over the ball. He not he, I know he's no messy, but he is a really good taker. So Alaba's is our left footer. I I think that's the other thing. You you have to pick based on left footer or right footer in every situation. So yeah, if it's left footer, Alaba. If if it's right footer, I mean, who are you going to go over, Cruz or Rodrigo? Fede is the only other one. I mean, it seems like Fede needs the the first touch layoff first. Yeah, because Fede puts so much power into his shots. His, he's not about placement. Like, he's learned to place his power. But, yeah, like, he strikes the ball too well where I can understand it, that he would need the first touch. Um, So then, without a first touch, like, you could try Jude. But, like, Jude, Aurelian, Chouameni, and um, Fede, like, they're all amazing. But, yeah, just more open play style than Kruiser Rodrigo. Like, just from a standing It just comes down to who's going to rely on placement more for their shots than power. And Cruz, Rodrigo, and Alibar are the three best for that on our team. Um, Goulair, once he's healthy, though, that would be underrated. I know it's not the most fun thing to talk about, but when Goulair comes back, um, also Goulair, if you need to get, you know, analyzed to see if you need to remove gluten or something, we can always talk if you're ever listening to this. But um. If we need a gluten-free Arda Güler is maybe the key to him staying on the pitch. But I'll Gouler... try anything at this point. I'll try anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a solution out there. I hope he finds it. I'll just put that's my belief. Um, but with Güler, I'd say it is the most likely to like also have a standing start, not have any run up, not need on, and completely put it away. Güler's ceiling might be the highest of our whole squad, actually, in this regard. Um, I'm not even sure if he took set pieces in Turkey. But just from what I've seen of him, like his, he seems like the ball striker who could kill it in dead ball situations. So I'm,
1: I'm on this like low key, <laughs> uh, crusade, like trying to lead a charge of maybe we should start letting Jude Bellingham take our free kicks and penalties, even though we have no, no, nothing to go by other than like prayers and hope. He's never scored a free kick before. I'm just looking it up now. Uh, last week, we looked up to see, has he ever taken a penalty? He's taken two with Dortmund and scored both of them. I just want to see it. I want to see it. And we, we just don't see it. I don't know why. I just want to see it. I just feel like that guy he's, he's floating right now. He's like he's floating like he, as if he's like Superman. He can do anything like just let him take a free kick and penalty. See what happens. Yeah, we
0: could. I mean, looking at his classical goal, like that was a standing start. Like he he didn't even move. He didn't even sprint into it. He just that was just standing and kicked it into the top corner. So the, I think the further out, the more you're likely more I would like to see you just get it closer. You get the goal. It just becomes a different game. man. like the clo- really close to goal, the Pierlos, the Lionel Messi's. The really smooth types that just curl it into the corner do really well. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Um further and further the knuckleballs start really thriving. Ronaldo at Man United and early days at Real. Um Jude Bellingham right now. Also just random known on Gabriel Paulista. Like whenever I see him at Valencia, I forget he exists. Like he's just I remember him from all those years ago when Mourinho's Chelsea were getting relegated. They lost two nil to Diego Costa and um, like when they Diego Costa went to Arsenal amidst like the worst stretch of form in the club's history and they won two nil and like you could rely on trusty Arsenal to lose even when Chelsea were struggling against everyone else that was just um that's my memory of Mr Gabriel Paulista so it's nice to see him get clowned on I've always um there's some defenders who just become memes and Gabriel Paulista has been one of those to me for a long time ever since that day yeah um, yeah
1: I mean, there's always something with him. He, he's either a red card or he's just in the scuffle or he's getting cooked or he's breaking someone's leg. It's just anytime time he, he takes an L, the world on, takes a W.
0: On the other hand, Eric Garcia, who clowned on Vinicius with the Ballon d'Or comment a couple of years ago, if you remember, when he made fun of him uh, when they beat us 4-0. To be fair, it's funny that he's starting for the best team in La Liga. So we still need to clown on him. We beat him head to head. But clowning on Eric Garcia before the end of the season is still. It's more
1: funny because it's Barcelona who took the L there, because uh, yeah, they they signed a bunch of other center backs instead. Um, All right, well, I don't know. I feel like we've kind of exhausted this one. Uh, Unless you have any parting thoughts, I'm sure. Like once we get into like Champions League knockout games, said these post game shows are going to go like two three hours. But
0: yeah, I, I mean, I guess like you know, for the audience, if you expect a lot more, like the fall is just a fickle time. You can contend, you can not contend and getting too caught up in one mode of believing things is something I've become physically repulsed by over time. I just can't like be like, yeah, we beat Valencia. We're winning the league. The classicals are a different story. I can get really hyped for those. Um, But man, if we win again, 5-1, I think it'll be more entertaining. And believe me, the moment I sense something changing in the air. I will be the first to come and help speak our league into existence. But um, right now it's still too early. It's early November. We just have to grind it out. You know, like we're in a situation where we could win next week. Barcelona could drop points two weeks in a row and we still don't win the league title. It's just so early. We've seen these things. Um, So I apologize if I'm not more interesting. I will be the first to change my tune. I promise as soon as I sense a title in the air.
1: No, this is correct. I feel like the best place to be is neither too high nor too low. Just kind of riding, riding riding, it out kind of on a smooth baseline where you're just being realistic until shit really hits the fan in the springtime. Then you can kind of start seeing the true colors and, and what's going to happen. Until then, you know, enjoy the highs. Don't get too down on the lows and uh, keep it realistic. All right. Uh, Just some quick housekeeping, because I know some patrons have been asking us Uh, the mailbag that was supposed to go on Friday. We had something come up on Friday, so it's being pushed to Monday. So Lucas and I are going to figure that out. Uh, It'll be going up on Monday or so. And what else? What about you?
0: You got real deal pods coming out soon? Um, real deal pods will be out this coming week. We're gonna compare Gavi, Bellingham, Pedri, Camavinga, all the young players, midfielders. We're gonna compare their profiles, compare them to historical players like Iniesta, Xavi, and other Madrid legends. And then, um, and I just want to also to confirm, two springs ago when we were in the race, I remember coming on with you and Jose and saying, let's speak this city win into existence. Last year I was also very low, so I promise I'll have convictions. The closer we get to Jan, Feb, um, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm thinking about the knockouts already. Let's just say, uh, we think we all
1: are. I mean, like let's be honest, we all kind of just go through the season, and then there's like a few nights of the year where like this is all about that night. This whole thing led up to that moment. It's kind of like you know, the basketball regular season, you float through it. And then when the stakes get high, that's when you remember like, oh yeah, this is why we're all here. This is why, what we've been all working towards. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, All right, Sid, thanks for hopping on, man. Um, We will chat again, probably you and I will do live call again midweek for our members. So if you're not a member yet uh, and you want to be, uh, we'd love to have you in the family. So you guys get a ton of bonus content. We do live calls on Zoom. You ask questions, have great conversations with us, camera to camera, mic on virtually. Uh, we have conversations. We do mailbag. That's only for members. Post game shows, midweek. So anything that's champions, you or midweek, cloud games, Copa when it starts. That's only for members. You can go to patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Uh, you can also hit the memberships tab on YouTube, whatever's easier for you. Same content, Uh, Just sign up for one of them. Sid, thank you, man. Good chatting. Talk soon. Peace out.
0: Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.